We have the It Cast happening tonight where we have really courageous folks in here on sex. And mm-hmm. um, the one and only Nika Sherelle brings that conversation to the Ibeji Lounge. And um, they have two amazing guests. I'll let um, Nika take it from here. But thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be back as usual. Love this uh, community. So I want to say thank you for joining us. uh, My name is Nika Sherelle, and this is Black Health Story Month. We're going to go over the history of black sexual health in America. Our guests tonight include Maya Ogbegbor, the manager of community health programs at the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. And we also have Quandra Schaefers. She's the owner of Sexual Abuse and uh, Sex Solutions Therapy. So uh, please take a second to introduce yourselves to our community and uh, say a few words about who you are. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Um, So I'm Quandra, and I am a clinical social worker. Um, I have my practice on the cusp of the Castro Mm. on Market Street and Church. I've been doing private practice now for three years, but I've been in the game about nine or ten, depending on how you want to count, post-grad school. Come on. Um, I was told that we want to identify sexually, so she, her, hers. Um, I consider myself kinky by identity, um, polyamorous by trade right now, and um, and um, what else did we want to know? So, uh, how you identify age, race, gender, sexuality, location of origin, uh, where you currently live, anything of that that you want to share? For sure. So, I was born and raised here in the Bay. I'm 33. I identify as African American and Black, um, and cisgender. Um, I have a lot of pri- privilege, I think, within gender, and. Mm, I identify with the diaspora in general, mm-hmm. so we're all one and connected that way. Um, I'm Maya Ogbebor. I am the community health a manager of community health programs at the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. Um, as far as how I identify myself, 
that's a that's an interesting question because I just identify myself as Maya. Mm-hmm. Um, pronouns she hers, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> I just am who I am. Um, I as far as my my race is concerned, I look at I view myself very interestingly because I come from two very different black backgrounds. So I have my African American background, which is very important to me. That the blood of slaves running through my veins. Um, and then I also am Nigerian. So I also have that part of me as well. So I identify on two levels of blackness. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? I'm just, I just want to pause to just acknowledge that you both work in San Francisco <laughs> and, and that people get to see you and experience you. You know, we live in San Francisco um, and every time we see a black person, it's like a sighting. Um, and so it just feels really good when you said the cash I knew exactly where you were. And then when you said that, I was like, wow, you know, do you both know each other prior to this? You work so close. To, you know, work so close to proximity. But I don't know. I feel proud to know that we have um, strong queens or however you like to be uh, acknowledged right here in San Francisco. It's really important. Yeah, we're building on. I know everybody wants to run over to Oakland. (laughs) But um, we do have a community here. um, A lot of my friends moved on and moved away. But I know that I also have a strong following of other therapists of color and many black clinicians that I would shout out if need be. Because my practice is full, but I know where to send you if you also want black people to uh, get healing. Yeah. Um, to do your healing with in San Francisco proper. Mm-hmm. You have it's no important. idea what you're saying to us. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, we will be reaching out to you. One hundred percent. I love that. And uh, and we were definitely gonna re- we're definitely gonna discuss some resources today. Um, before we dive into that, I just want to talk about the current state of sexual health in the Black community right now. Like as we understand it, there are some things that are missing. There are some things that are prevalent. And I know that we all have very strong opinions about like what's going on right now for our people. So let's dive in. Let's like get this discussion going. And would you like to share the trigger warning? Um, for the community who might be listening, people out there going through stuff. Yeah, thanks for reminding me, Nika. Um, Absolutely. So I deal in trauma. Um, Most of my practice is helping people overcome the stories of what's wrong with me and change that into that is a thing that happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so I know we're going to get into the shame and stigma pieces. But in general, before you've done your trauma work, we all have these natural coping skills in us to basically check out. Uh, in therapist lingo, we call this dissociation, um, and we all do this in small doses. But if you really want to be present and not feel like this talk is too much, then I like to give people a really simple tool to come back to earth. I call it the five, four, three, two, one rule, and you're basically working through your five senses. It doesn't matter which one you start with in case you forget which one I did. But wherever you are right now, take a moment to land, take a deep breath, let it out slow, look around the room, spot five things you can see that are black, name them in your head, take another deep breath, let it out slow, take a moment to kind of hear what's going on, four things you can hear 
If there's nothing on the street outside of you, next to you, you can tap on a table. Notice if it sounds different than if you lightly brush the tip of your fingertips. Take another deep breath. Let it out slow. Take a moment to touch something, something not your cell phone, which brings us out of the moment. And does it feel different? Does it feel warm at the palm of your hand versus your fingertips? Name one other thing about the texture. That would be three, three things you touched. And then the second would be smell. It's usually easier to find something we can smell than something we can taste, which is why I like to put it at second. So that can be something on your person, like shampooing your hair or laundry um, on your clothes. It can actually be something like incense, something that brings you calm, brings you peace, something that reminds you of home, like cooking or um, hopefully something safe. And then we close with taste, which, fun fact, are when we are nervous, uh, we go into fight and flight. And so your body doesn't want to spend a lot of energy doing digestive work or these extra things that aren't going to keep you safe from the tiger. <laughs> it wants you to run, fight it off, or shut down in some way. So if you are unsure about whether or not you are checked out, you might want to bring your attention to Can I Make Saliva? That is, we do that in a relaxed state in the parasympathetic nervous system. So switching to something like imagining a lemon or taking a swig of water, something that you actually can taste is great, but you can always imagine and your body doesn't know the difference between real and imagined pain or pleasure. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you. Put a pen in that one. Your body doesn't know the difference. Right. Okay. Salivary glands right now. I know. I'm like... <laughs> So, uh, Maya, can you talk to us a little bit about what's going on uh, with you and the conversation around PrEP? So one of the things that I'm noticing is that PrEP awareness is not being spread evenly throughout the black community. That's one of the things that I'm most concerned about. Um, there is PrEP that is being... Um, integrated in other communities except the black community and especially for black women so a lot of times black women don't even know that prep is for them or for us um and when i talk to black women about prep their thing is well i see billboards i see prep being advertised but the images that i see mm -hmm. they don't look like me mm -hmm. i see um two men or i see a Caucasian person or mm -hmm. couple, mm -hmm. I don't see a black woman mm -hmm. or I see a trans person. And so my thing is we need to get to a point where we're telling our people that prep is for you, even men who choose to sleep with men, mm -hmm. where, and I was sharing this with Mika and Quandra just uh, a little while ago, is that one thing that I know is these are conversations within that community. However, black men are still one of the black men are still not on prep um, like their white counterparts. And the question I have in my mind is why? 
Well, I have a bigger question. Yeah. What is prep? And why are people worried about it? But Well, I can tell you from a perspective of someone just sitting on the couch looking at TV, yeah. it looks like one of those commercials with a laundry list of issues. Yeah. So visually, it looks like something that people don't want to be bothered with. But tell us what the benefits are and why in particular we're um, looking for black people to take it. So prep is a pill. And anytime you take a pill, there may be side effects that are involved. So PrEP is a pill that you take every day. And what it does is it significantly reduces uh, the ability to, uh, to con come into contact with HIV. Um, that's what it is. It's a great preventative drug. So it's Truvada. And Truvada is very sketchy right now. There's a lot of things that's going on. Um, with Truvada as far as what it does to internal organs, but they're also playing with other medications like the SCOVI and things like that are a little bit gentler on the um, internal organs. But that's what it's for. It's a great way to prevent the spread of HIV from person to person. Um, and so, like I said, it's something that you take every day, and if you did not want to take a pill every day, they have something called PEP. And PEP is... When, when you come into sexual contact with someone, say it was just random, you go take the pill. So it's best to take it within 24 hours. You can take it up to 72 hours, and you'll still have that protection in your body from coming into contact with the, the virus. Wow. Hmm. That's different for it to be on the back end, you know, mm -hmm. kind of. Wow. Yeah. So what I'm thank hearing. You. Yes, thank you. Thank you. What I'm hearing is that PrEP is a preventative antiviral. Yes. Now, is this something that you would take if you already have contracted HIV? Is this something that you would take to prevent yourself from contracting and spreading it? Like, when, when is appropriate and who should be on this? So, anybody who's sexually active, it's beneficial to be on PrEP. Um, you have to be negative it, because it is to prevent HIV from coming into contact with the body. So if you're already HIV positive, it's not, I mean, it's not going to help. Um, but you are still on those medications anyway, because PrEP is an HIV med. I mean, that's what your body is. That's what the SCOBY is. People who are HIV positive take some sort of drug like that anyway. Um, so yes, it is specifically for people who are negative um, and you need a prescription for it. It's fairly reasonably cost with some insurances, um, especially here in California. Um, in other places, not so much. Thank you. So I want to talk about like why people are not just running into their doctor like, hold up, give me the answers. Why, why, why is that not happening across the board? What's stopping us? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> the million dollar question. <laughs> uh, you know, it all comes down to stigma, right? Um, and also, we're, I, we were kind of getting into this before we walked into the studio, this idea of like, well, if it's not for me, then why sure. should I? Yeah. Or people will maybe think that I actually am positive if, right. I, if they knew I were taking it. So I think, Personally, having, um, I'm not working at Maya's clinic, but personally having um, previous to uh, private practice, I was doing a graduate course with 
public health students and things. Um, and uh, all the research is kind of showing that um, when it comes to the black community specifically, there's certain subsects of us that are much more at risk. Like um, if you're in a small community that funnels in uh, from some of the bigger prison systems like San Quentin or um, in certain areas of New York, you know, you're going to be more likely to have someone who went into a prison where they didn't have access to condoms or treatment come out, resume heteronormative practices around sex. And usually black women will feel more pressure to want to have unprotected sex. Let's say if you have been single for a while, you want to have kids, any of the reasons that um, any of us have had unprotected sex in our life. Uh, I think that's where we need to target and really be really say that it's not a marker against you to say I like just a little extra to protect myself and my body and my sexuality. Um, and then even when you give that education, unfortunately, it's not enough though. And this is where the public health students always got it wrong and ended up spinning their wheels because public health teaches you to try and stop the epidemic, but not <laughs> what to do once you're in it. Um, you, it always comes down to intimacy because people can have education. Like I knew if I had unprotected sex, I could probably get HIV. Everybody has a story of something like that who's a, um, contracted it basically. Yeah. Or I knew my partner may have had um, risky sex practices, but you did it anyway. And why is that? Because it comes yeah. down to a story about love or something like mm -hmm. I wanted them to trust me mm -hmm. or um, I'm getting a lot of pressure from my, my immigrant family. My Nigerian in-laws really want me to have a kid soon mm -hmm. if we're going to keep receiving support. Mm -hmm. So you have to get down to the why, the story for people and make that less shameful that, hmm, you know, even within this, you know, a couple that if you want to keep this relationship, it's like still all good. Yeah. Um, you can do that and um, it doesn't have to bring shame to also have your health um, at the forefront. You can still get pregnant. You can still um, have unprotected sex with someone, someone else. And now you, the burden of your health is on what, what they're doing yeah. <laughs> with their time. Uh, I think that's where we move. I hear, I'm hearing normalcy to me. You know, you said remove the, the stigma of shame, just normalizing the conversations so that we can speak for our lives. Normalizing the conversation. Make, like, let's make honesty sexy. <laughs> Can we do that? Honesty is sexy. You know? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Real talk. Is it though? So I just I just want to kind of go back to something that you guys said, Kondra. Like, how can we make stigma? Like, how can we free ourselves of stigma? Because I think that is so deeply rooted in us as a culture for certain things. Like even me, as liberal and liberated as I try to be, I have a hard time talking about sex sometimes in certain circles. I have a 14-year-old son. <laughs> if I'm going to bring up any sexual part, I mean any private part, is going to be like textbook. 
uh, language, like penis, you know, and stuff like that. And he's looking at me like, you're a weird mom. He's like, who says penis? <laughs> but, but that's just how I am. And I, yeah. I think of myself as being liberal, but I still don't feel that level of comfort mm-hmm. talking about sex so openly and so candidly as as some people might. Mm-hmm. It's just something that's very... I'll give you, give you guys an example. As grown as I am, if I'm sitting in a living room with my father and we're watching a movie and I know a sex scene is about to come on, I'm going to get up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do the same thing. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm going to be sitting in a long, slow-mo. somebody's <laughs> <laughs> back while Dad's sitting here. And he- heavy panting. <laughs> what are you look? Uh, yeah. Maybe also change the channel for Dad. And that's fine. I'm not going to pretend that I'm always <laughs> super liberal enough to, like, I'm getting there. I'm having more conversations yeah. with my own parents, and uh, that's okay. Uh, but outside, yeah, I'll talk about sex all day. <laughs> um, I'm probably the most liberal out of the whole bunch. I don't have kids yet, which helps, but I talk to my parents about everything, and I'm like, you scared? It's okay. Let's talk. So, hence this platform, and, and I really love just bringing that to the table of like, what do we do when we're speaking to our children? And I love what you brought up, Quandra. I never considered the effect that the prison industrial complex has specifically on black sexuality. Mm-hmm. Like this is something I've seen time and time again, you know, women, pen pals, you know, you love a man, he's been through a lot, he's in prison, he gets out, you know, like you can save him, mm-hmm. you can change him, whatever the story is. And and also, um, it's been tied to the heroin crisis, yes. which, of course, was um, much more prevalent in impacting our communities, but no one cared until mm-hmm. middle-class white people were also mm-hmm. dying. Yeah. So that that's usually the story. And that's not to say that someone of a middle-class background, never touched drugs in their life, can't also get HIV. And when we talk about rem- removing the stigma... It's continuing to talk about it in general and getting the narrative changed. Um, so I love in general that we're coming to being more open around mental health. You've got celebrities talking about it left and right. I see commercials before NBA games mm-hmm. of like you know celebrities, uh, athletes saying how therapies help them. You have Rihanna giving a shout out to therapy for Black girls and Solange. And so the more that happens, I think there's this new generation up and coming that doesn't have the same shame of like, I need to go to therapy or find a support group. Um, there's a, this Generation Z or whatever we're calling the next one under that. Okay. Um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Uh, I think as black people, we are equally on board as the general population with what mental health awareness and therapy can do for us. Um, We're just presented with an extra layer of barriers with getting access, like maybe what's available to you is a clinician who doesn't look like you and then you're worried about a microaggression or having to educate them about whether or not your experience is real. Like if you wanna talk about racism at the workplace and how that's making you depressed and then your therapist tells you. I've heard horror stories. I would never say this. But your therapist may tell you something like, 
oh, are you sure that's what's happening? Have you considered your boss's um, perspective or something like that? When you're like, no, I was no. actually pretty sure that that was racism or something. Mm -hmm. So I think those are um, added issues we deal with. But the stigma, we're definitely breaking down in general mental health things. Just I don't know that we get there as fast as sexuality. Um, um, thank you, thank you. I love that. And um, and to address what you were referring to earlier, Maya, regarding like speaking within families, one of the things that Mika Shirelles is embarking on is our family division mm -hmm. and creating healing circles for families that focus on ending generational trauma and cycles of abuse. Mm -hmm. So like how to create those conversations in the family unit starting at a young age and bringing children up with consent consciousness and mm -hmm. eradicated shame, mm -hmm. right? What does it mean to raise healthy children? Um, I'd also like for you to talk a bit about some of the resources that are up right now for San Francisco AIDS Foundation um, and any resources that you have as well, Kwame. So some resources um, within the uh, San Francisco AIDS Foundation, we, we have a, a, a lot of resources. We have um, things for people who are suffering from some type of substance issue. Um, we have things for trans people, people living with HIV. Um, we have it broken down into cultural categories. So we have like Latino programs. We have the BBE, which is the Black Brothers of Esteem. Really? And they're older. They don't necessarily have to be older, but it's taken form of older Black men who can be gay, they don't have to be. They're living with HIV, um, and they've come together and support one another. Um, we have Positive Force, which I manage, and it's for anybody, age, regardless of age, race, sexual orientation, who's also living with HIV. Um, and what I'm trying to actively do now is start a program for women of color, specifically African-American women, because we just don't have that. Mm -hmm at this time, mm -hmm. at the foundation, um, to support our women. Because one of my, my main things is I don't want our women to live in isolation. Yeah. And I feel just because where we are as a people right now, that's happening. I'm yeah. running into too many men and women who are black living with HIV, and they're all alone. They're by themselves. And they can be surrounded with people, yeah. but they're still alone because they're the only ones who are aware of their own struggle and they don't have anyone to talk to, to vent, to someone who can understand them. So that's something that I am starting. Um, so hopefully that will take shape very, very quickly. I just can't, I have a hard time finding women who's willing to talk to me on a weekly basis. They want, <laughs> they're like, I ain't trying to They don't want to come. They're, 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 they're out there. They're, they're, they're there. definitely out there. And uh, I will, I will, I will get them. We will get that. Yeah, we'll see what we can do to support them. I will too. appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I also want to bring up one thing. I brought my flyer. Okay. I don't know. So this is something that's going on. This is um, yep. It's it. This has some history. So it it's called our Plus Seminar, and what it is, it started back in the '80s, and it was a weekend retreat where people living with HIV would come hang out, chill before they died. That's the history of Plus Seminar. So that's not really what it is anymore, but it is a, a weekend event still that we hold where we come together, we network, we have 
presenters that come to, to give education. Um, and our next one is March 28th and 29th. So I would like, you have to register and everybody is welcome to attend. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Where can they register? Online. So if you go to San Francisco AIDS Foundation's website, you can register there for the PLUS seminar. And then, because we got two minutes, y'all, I'm going to make sure everybody's Quandra. Mm -hmm. So on another day, I'd love to talk all day about <laughs> breaking down stigma for sexual violence and partner it. violence uh, and the intersections, the way in which we as black people deal with that a little differently. Like we have the double bind, uh, um, this idea of like I'm black and woman at the same time or queer and black at the same time and maybe like a white person surviving it doesn't have to think about oh, I don't really want to put another black man in prison. Mm -hmm. Or there's something about, there's an added stigma that my trans partner who's abusive to me is going to face mm -hmm. than if I was just a straight white person. Um, I think those are stigmas we have to break down and know that you're not alone in it. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm, I'm pretty full, as I said, in practice, if that sounded like you. There are a lot of other talented um, therapists of color that I trust. So I always like people to know about going to therapy for black girls and searching by their state and also the Therapist of Color Directory, which is the Bay Area local um, website for uh, a bunch of black and brown um, clinicians licensed who have openings. So you can always look there for help if you're trying to survive trauma of any sort. Thank you. Thank you so much. So again, you can learn more about PrEP and the PLUS seminars at sfaf.org. And you can also learn more about the ITCAST on Facebook, listen newly on Apple Podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also visit us at nikasharels.com. That's N-I-K-A-C-H-E-R-R-E-L-L-E-S.com. Uh, and you can find out more about Quandra's work. Can they email you, Quandra? They absolutely can. Okay, what's the email? So that's my first name, Quandra, Q-U-A-N-D-R-A, at sastherapy.com. S-A-S-S-therapy.com. Uh, all right, and join us next month for part two of Pleasure Negotiations, where we will have Spice back in the Abeji Lounge, and we will be talking about how to spice up your love life and navigate the springtime. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Get that lesson. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Um, I also take the time to just thank our guests for tonight, Bush Mama Africa, for sharing that moon tea, that moon wisdom. Um, you can also connect with um, Bush Mama at bushmama.com, B U S H um, M A M A dot com. You can also reach her at 510. 485-2577 and now um, text is preferred um, also to Bay in a Black thank you so much for joining us um, to just share all the wonderful things that are happening with the launch of the Life Cipher Lab and the partnership of the African American Art and Culture Complex and RGA Agency and thank you so much for the history that we are making for black and brown artists with an interest in creative reality technology and to Nika Sherelle for the It Cast. Um, wonderful guests, Maya and Quandra. Thank you so much for being with us and Thank just sharing. And it's good to see you be yeah. the ones to be the experts in what is shared and, 
in our environment, and I'm happy to be with you all. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's a blessing. That's a blessing. So thank you all so much. Thank you for tuning in. The next voice you will hear is Mr. Terry Collins with the spirit of Joe Rudolph. We'll see y'all next week inside the E-Veggie Lounge with Noah and Maria Lyon. APO San Francisco 89.5. Yes. Going the right.